Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer, which is God's will for all believers to be overcomers instead of overcome, to be victorious ones instead of victims. It's not God's will that we be defeated but that we overcome. But the scripture says the, the victory that overcomes the whole world is our faith. So we have a part in us overcoming. It's not just all up to God. And faith is not just ethereal, abstract thing that nobody can really pin down. It's very real. It's uh, detectable. Uh, it's measurable. You know, Jesus told some people, he said, how is it you have no faith? Others, he said, you're of little faith. And a few, he said, you're of great faith. And so what was going on, there was from no to a little to a lot. Uh, so what's, what are the variables that affect this? Well, we've, we found out that faith must be fed and faith must be exercised in order for it to develop. Uh, now, when we say fed, what, what would feed your faith? Uh, the scripture talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. Anointed word of God feeds your faith. And uh, faith must develop in every area. So if you, if you need faith for protection, you need to hear anointed words of God, what he said about protecting you. If you need faith for healing, you need to hear anointed words about healing or provision. And so um, that's why we didn't have just a couple of faith classes and define faith and go, okay, we're good. We, we need to be fed ongoing. We, our faith needs to be fed in different areas in every arena. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the class with us, and let's pray and release faith that that's what happens. We, just what we said in the beginning, uh, our spirit gets fed. That's just as real as, as putting food in your body. And, and when your spirit gets fed and, and your inner man becomes stronger, what's previously seemed unreachable or impossible will begin to appear to you doable, reachable. And that's just because of a difference inside. Remember what the scripture said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I desire, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. When the inner man does better, the outer man does better. Well, Father, all of us agree together today as touching this. We're asking you for the anointing. We're asking you for uh, eyes and ears that can see and hear. We're asking you for utterance and for answers. And we thank you that you are so gracious and so faithful. You always give us what we need. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's go in our great textbook today 
to Matthew, the ninth chapter, Matthew 9. We began a series a few weeks back that we're calling Faith for Healing. Like we said, faith must be fed in every area. And so now we've begun to feed our faith on healing. God's always been the healer, the great physician. And Jesus spent a, a substantial amount of his ministry ministering healing to people and, and deliverance to people. And the, the way the earth is and the way our bodies are, they've been affected by the curse. Um, you won't go very long until either you or somebody you know needs some healing. Uh, and smart people don't wait until they're facing a, a seemingly incurable or terminal condition to, to be the first time they try to feed their faith on healing. If you're smart, you'll feed your faith on healing all along. And then if something comes up, you won't be, you know, just floored by it. You'll learn how to overcome every problem, every trial, so that you can live out your full length of time, run your entire race. The scripture said in Psalm 91, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Well, uh, you'd, you couldn't die young with a disease and that come to pass. You, that means you overcame thing after thing after thing and lived to be ripe old age with long life. And so uh, we've begun studying the individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus. Now, numerous places tell us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that multitudes were healed. Many, many were healed. But there's only about 20 uh, where we're told cases that we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, and how they received. And so we've begun studying one by one those 20 and we looked first at the healing of the leper, and then we looked second at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. And so today, we're going to begin looking at the healing of the paralyzed man, uh, the third individual account of healing in our study. Uh, in Matthew 9, we see this recorded. We see it also in Mark 2. We see it also in Luke 5. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke recorded this healing, and we want to take the time to read each one of these because Matthew will say something that Luke didn't say, and Mark will say something that Luke or Matthew didn't say, and, and you've got to read all accounts to put the, the whole story together to get the bigger picture. And um, if it would have only uh, needed to be recorded by one, that's how the Spirit of God would have done it. So if he had all three to record it and emphasize different things, we want to get every part. In Matthew 9 and verse 1, Matthew 9, 1 says, He entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins be forgiven you. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know 
that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then said he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. So that's Matthew's account. Turn over to Mark, the second chapter. Let's read Mark's account of this same healing. Mark 2 and verse 1. It says, Again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, your sins be forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your heart? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Arise, and take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, Arise, and take up your bed, and go your way into your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And finally in Luke, the uh, fifth chapter, we will have all three accounts then. Luke 5 and 17. It says, It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought men's to bring him in, and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop, and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether is easier, to say your sins be forgiven you, or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, arise and take up your couch and go into your house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. So this is an account of an amazing healing. In fact, it ends up on 
uh, on all three of these talking about how amazed the people were at what happened this day and how it happened. And it has to do with a man that the scripture says was taken with a palsy. Now, we would understand this as some form of, of a paralysis. And um, some, if you look up some of the words, it has to do with a side of the body being in the Greek loosed, which means it's not functioning. It could have been the result of a stroke that left part of the body paralyzed, or it could have been something else. We're not told the detail, but the result is that the man doesn't have full use of his body. Part of his body is non-functioning, which is why he couldn't get himself there. His friends had to carry him. And when you talk about something like this, um, you know, there are, there are some folks that, you know, they just don't believe that God exists at all. And, and, and some that, you know, so miracles are not even a real thing. And then there are others that believe that God does exist and he could do something if he uh, chose to, but uh, it's very rare, they'd think. And maybe miracles happened back here in Bible days to prove something, to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. But uh, when the last apostle died, all that ceased. I've heard people say that. And the result of all that is just that these folks are not believers. They are non-believers where these things are concerned. And if, as we've studied earlier, Jesus told them, your faith made you whole. If faith is the determining factor and you don't believe in these things, well, then you won't be bothered with them. You, that would explain why you would never experience any of it if you don't believe in it. And so one of the first things that we must uh, embrace is the truth of God's Word. Did this happen on this day? Is this a, just a story? Is it just symbolic? Is it a fairy tale? Is it a myth? Because there's people that will try to tell you that. No, it's history. <laughs> I said it's history. It happened. If you don't believe this, then you probably don't believe the rest of the Scriptures. And this would just be a closed book to you. But God is real. He's not just an ideal. He's a person. He's the creator. And man had lost themselves through disobedience and defiance and so had to be redeemed. And God has sent us a redeemer. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And he is real. And when he came, uh, he ministered and functioned, anointed by the Spirit as a man, as a human being, demonstrating the will of God and demonstrating how we're to do it. We, we studied this last week that uh, uh, Jesus said in John 14, he said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also, you'll do too. And greater works than these shall you do. So he, he's demonstrating to us this is how you do this, and you can do it too. Now, again, if you, if you hear that and you go, mm, I don't know, well, you won't be bothered with it because <laughs> you don't believe it. Uh, Mark, you know, 
16. In fact, you're not too far from there. Just look at it. Uh, in the passage where we, uh, we, we refer to what we call the Great Commission, the biggest job of the church, job number one, the main directive of the church is this. Mark 16, after Jesus had been raised from the dead, he told them, he said, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach means to proclaim or to announce. Gospel is good news. Announce the good news to everybody. He that believes and is baptized, acts on that faith, shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned or condemned. So who, who's going to get the benefits of what Jesus has done? Only those that believe. Those who don't believe are not going to enjoy any of the benefits. Um, you know, people sometimes act like, well, you know, if they do, if they say they do believe in God and in heaven, they act like, well, everybody uh, that dies is going to heaven. Well, no. The scripture says if you don't believe, you won't be saved. You'll be condemned and judged. No, the benefits are experienced only by believers. Can you see one reason we have believing school? <laughs> Faith school. Because if you want to enjoy the benefits, you got to get off the fence and quit vacillating and quit being skeptical and, and quit asking dumb questions and, and just accept and receive and allow yourself to be persuaded, to be convinced. And he goes on to talk about this believing. He said, he that believes and is baptized will be saved. If you don't, you'll be condemned. In verse uh, 17, and these signs shall follow who? Them that believe, not everybody, but those that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Uh, that sounds like something Jesus would do, right? Because <laughs> it is. You're doing the same things he would do. Uh, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, that's what Jesus did. As we read in these accounts, he laid hands on all kind of folks. And the Bible said as many as touched him, or as many as he, he touched, were made whole. And can you see uh, why he had these uh, healings recorded? Uh, to show us what the will of God is, and to show us how to receive it, and how to minister it. But it's only going to show up, it's only going to manifest in the lives of believers. Believers, and uh, I, I know we are in a world full of doubt. I mean, this planet is just up to its eyeballs in skepticism, intellectualism, doubt, unbelief, blasphemy. And so in this dark, doubting world, you will stand out <laughs> if you are a believer. You'll be mocked. You'll be made fun of. People say, oh, surely you don't believe the, the stories in that book are actually true. Surely you don't believe that some being created the heavens and the earth. I sure do. 
I am completely convinced. That, and, and if people say, well, well, no, you know, we have sons. No, nobody that's alive was there when it was created. You can't prove God didn't do it. And if you had any humility, you'd at least admit you don't know. Right? If you can't prove he didn't do it, how do you know he didn't do it? Because he did do it. He did do it. God created the heavens and the earth. He created our bodies. He didn't create them to be diseased and deformed and weak and broken and non-functioning. These things are the result of the curse of sin, fall, mistakes, all the things that are wrong in the world. And so because of that, just about everywhere you look, people have some kind of physical problems. And in Jesus' day, uh, the multitudes that came, most of them had something wrong with them, but they were healed and they were delivered by the thousands. Hallelujah. In Jesus' ministry. Has he changed? Has Jesus changed? Is he a respecter of persons? Then if he did it then, that's still what he's doing now. And if he did it for them, he still do it for you, for anybody. Which is why it's pertinent, applicable for us to read these accounts and learn what happened. How did these people get healed? Because whatever they did uh, and it worked for them, it'll work for us too. It'll work for us now. It'll work for us today. It said the man was taken with a palsy. And like we said, that means some type of paralysis. Uh, go with me. You're, you're there in, uh, in Mark. Uh, go back to Mark 9. Mark 9. Faith begins uh, where the will of God is known. That faith comes by hearing. You've got to hear what God said and what God's will is before your faith can rise up to lay hold of that. And if you're talking about paralysis, so many times people have the idea, well, that's, you know, that'd be a hard thing. You know, uh, boy, you'd have to have a lot of faith to, uh, to receive for that. Would you? Uh, you can't heal a headache. Uh, so why would it be one be harder for you than the, you, you can't do either one? And is it harder for God to heal the paralysis than a stomach problem? Uh, why would we think so? He creates stars, right? He created the body and all the organs. He created uh, the spine and nerves and muscles and all of that. Um, why would we think it a thing hard for him to do? No. Uh, somebody, if somebody's totally paralyzed, would God find that hard for him to fix? Would, would he approach that situation and go, mm, this is a tough one. <laughs> Completely paralyzed. <Whew. laughs> God does not see it as a hard thing. He could completely, someone said, yeah, but the, the spinal cord's been severed. Or so? God created the spinal cord. You think he couldn't put it back together? <laughs> but here's the thing. The, the, the limitation, the block is with us in thinking whether something is too hard or not. Thinking whether something is possible or not. 
we see, and we'll get to this at some point, the healing of the man's son who had seizures. And when he came to Jesus, he said, if you can do anything, have mercy on him and help us. And Jesus said in verse 23, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. Is that true? (laughs) Is that true? Well, Jesus said it. It's got to be true. And we see the results of it in just a little bit later here. This man's son is completely delivered and healed from what seemed to be an incurable, unfixable condition. The man cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. What does that mean? Uh, I want to believe. I'm choosing to believe. But my head's still giving me some trouble. Huh? Right? As to what? Because he's had to live with this condition with his son for all these years. Other people have prayed and no results, including the his, Jesus' own disciples prayed for and ministered to this boy, and he didn't get healed. You know, just because you prayed and something doesn't, didn't happen, that did not prove it wasn't God's will. Just because other people prayed and did things and it didn't happen. That didn't prove that it's not God's will for that to happen. There could be any number of reasons. But uh, here Jesus, he puts his finger on faith as the determining factor, doesn't he? On believing. He said, when the man says, Lord, if you can do anything, have mercy on us, have compassion on us and help us. He's kind of trying to put it all in Jesus' lap, so to speak, and going, well, it's up to you. You could do it, you know, if you would. And the Lord just basically turns around, puts it back in his hands and said, nah, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. It's not up to what God can do. God can do anything. All things are possible with God. Most people believe that. But there's this other component has to be brought in. All things are possible to him or her that believes. Do you believe, child of God, do you believe, faith school student, that the thing that has seemed insurmountable, impossible in your life, it is possible to get that fixed? Oh, come on, do you believe it, faith class? Is it possible? Because, we, you know, there's a lot of people, men, they've been... Well, just like this, this paralysis thing, they, they've uh, had part of their body that hadn't worked for years, for 10 years, for 15 years. Well, you drag around a, a lifeless limb and lifeless part of your body for 10 years, you identify with that after 10 years. You see yourself that way. I'm paralyzed. That's what I am. That's who I am. no. That's a problem in your body, in the house you live in. (laughs) And it can be fixed. I said it can be fixed. People say, well, no, I've had every test run and I've had every procedure done and they said nothing can be done. That's men talking. And we thank God for them, but they're not God. And with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. 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 And our time is up again today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. 
I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you tomorrow here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.